Hello and welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I'm going to scanner my intro. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss Scanners, which came out in 1981. Written and directed by David Cronenberg. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Cameron Veo, played by Stephen Lack. He's been captured by Patrick McGoon, playing Dr. Paul Ruth. McGoon is looking to start up a small army of scanners to help him defeat another army of scanners run by Michael Ironside. When the two forces clash, things just might pop. So I think it goes without saying that Scanners is a horror cult classic movie. Yep. Um, but uh, the production for this film was a bit of a mess. Cronenberg uh, himself has said of all the movies he's ever worked on, this one was the most frustrating, the really? most stressful. Because when they went into production, there was not a finished script. So as they were shooting, as Cronenberg was directing, he was also still writing the next pages to film the following day. Oh, man. So the actors didn't really get a full sense of their characters. They didn't really know what the development of the story was going to be. They were just almost improvising scenes as they were going. Nice. And, of course, it turned out to be a very frustrating uh, experience for Cronenberg. Now, he had got his start back in 75... With Shivers. Yeah. And that really put him on the map as a interesting horror director with a bit of a penchant for maybe a bit of sexuality thrown into the horror, body horror mix. Yeah. And of course, he would continue exploring those themes with Rabid in 1977. Yeah. Then The Brood in, in 1979. Um, and then, then this one, which really doesn't have the, 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 the sexual overtones as those other movies. Yeah. Uh, but this one, Scanners, was probably his most successful film uh, up until the point before he would go on to make The Fly, which is, in my, in my opinion, probably his greatest accomplishment in, in film. And it just so happens to be a remake as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but for me, Scanners, though, was always the film in his library that I would often skip... Yeah, I, I admit, I mean, Scanners, I love Cronenberg now that I'm older, but when I was younger, the name David Cronenberg, you know, was scattered here and there because, like, he was bringing out films like Existence, which I thought was really good, but was getting panned. You know, I didn't really get Videodrome when I was younger. It wasn't until I watched it older. Like, Rabid I really like, but I think I watched Rabid and Dawn of the Dead at like the same time, so I got this whole zombie aspect with Rabid. And Shivers, yeah, you never really want to watch Shivers late at night. <laughs> Scanners, I, I watched the first time, and I was just like, yeah, nah, that's boring. People talk about the head-popping sequence, it's fun, yeah, get over it. You know, there's nothing else really going on. And I just moved away from it. The Fly, like Gary said, it's that's the best one in his whole repertoire. Going back and watching this for the review, though, has completely changed my opinion. Okay. I think it was really good for its time. And knowing that, obviously, Cronenberg was only writing it on the fly. Huh? The Fly. It, he must have struggled trying to make this film work. But at the end, it's just an action horror movie about psychics. You know, that's your basic element. But at the same time, Patrick McGowan playing Dr. Paul Ruth 
is just phenomenal because he really sells the story that this is what's going on, which brings you into the Cronenberg universe of these scanner people. Yeah. Well, before we get into the scientific uh, explanation as to what these scanners are, yeah. our intro to the film follows a... Uh, uh, I perceived as a homeless person wandering yeah. <laughs> around this shopping mall, which looked very familiar. Yeah. And uh, we can hear the inner monologues or chatter of all of the people around him. And there's, a, a, I guess, a very well-off couple of ladies chatting there. Yes. And one of them notices his state. And her internal, you know, thoughts are saying how disgusted she really is with somebody like that being in her proximity. <laughs> and, of course, this upsets him and he starts scanning, I guess. I mean, yeah, it's it's one of those things like in like telepathic battles between characters. Like, how do you illustrate it on film? And with, with scanners, they decided to have that that high frequency oh, sound man. that would just rise up like the tensions rising up. And uh, and it is a little bit annoying, but it, it gets the message across, especially when you see. I mean, if you were to like take the track away and just watch <laughs> the people in this film just reacting to being scanned, it's it's kind of B movie hilarious. That's exactly what I was thinking when I was watching this film because Cronenberg just goes, "I need sound, and I'm gonna crank it up to eleven. Like even the opening credits had this. Massive, huge orchestra. I'm like, where have I heard that before? And it's the start of The Fly. Right, yeah. You know, where he did the exact same thing. And it makes it feel serious and important yeah. and real. and Like, <laughs> you need to watch this movie. And then you get to this moment where, like, Stephen Lack, who I really thought was Flyboy from Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking that throughout this whole movie. He uses his ability and then he's chased around by these agents. Captured. And then he's just kind of whisked away to the doctor. Yeah, where the doctor then explains to him that he is a scanner. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, so now we, we've had an example of what a scanner is. Now we're getting the explanation for what a scanner is. And I find it interesting that Cronenberg, the, the original scene for the beginning of the film was pushed back. Yeah. Uh, and he put these scenes at the front because he was like, people are going to arrive late to the cinema. So I want to save what they're paying for so they don't miss it in the first five minutes. Yeah. And yeah. we cut to like a, like a lecture hall and they're going to give an example of, of what scanning can do. Yeah. And we see this scanner and he calls for a volunteer and we see Michael Ironside volunteer. Yes. Now, Michael Ironside was cast uh, for, for a bit part in the film. Um, but uh, I'm only assuming like Michael Ironside did so well, they went, we're going to extend your character role because they were writing it as they went. They were yeah. like, you're really good. So you've been paid almost an extra salary, but you're going to be the big villain of the movie now because you're Michael fucking Ironside. <laughs> yeah, Daryl Revock. I mean, he goes and sits down and just, like you said, if you remove the, the audio to this sequence, it's just Michael Ironside emoting as best as he can that he's... The, the, the guy with the glasses is actually a scanner that they've made and he's going to use his ability to go into somebody else's mind and take out information. But Daryl Revick is another scanner that they don't know and he's going to use his ability to scan back. And you just have that just most amazing 
head explosion after the guy is just <laughs> I, I was watching the sequence and I'm thinking he's trying to tell people that this, what's going on is that he's getting scanned and he can't because Revik is stopping him and then oh yeah, <laughs> it's glorious. <laughs> I mean, this video has now been immediately demonetized. YouTube's like struck an age certificate on the video. This 80s gore effect is still marvelous today. It's absolutely fantastic. Now, you can see the, the quick cut yes. from the real actor to the prosthetic dummy face. It's so quick, though. And of course, the head explodes so quick and there's such a fountain of blood you, you the edit doesn't it's immaterial anymore you know and the, the way they achieved it was you know the head was filled with like leftover food from the canteen nice. it was filled with dog food and i think like rabbit livers and then they fired a 12 gauge shotgun at the back <laughs> of its head so it literally explodes the way it does and it's absolutely fantastic and it's the reason yeah. to watch this film. I mean, you can turn it off now. <laughs> yeah. Like you can, turn, you can turn it off now. Well, actually, no. There are just some more amazing moments coming up. But I mean, like with a lot of Cronenberg's movies, they're always it's always the talking moments that keep you enraptured in the story. That's kind of what kept me enraptured with Rabid was understanding that this woman was turning Rabid and she didn't know. In this, it's finding out who Vale is and through. Dr. Paul Roof talking to him, you know, helping him unlock his abilities so that they can send Vale out to try to stop Revik. That's because right. Because there's an underground... Like, you have that amazing sequence uh, between all the people working at ComSec. And you've got the new head of security, Braden Keller, telling people that they need to stop the scanner project. And uh Patrick Magoon is just like explained to him like why would we take away our only weapon against these weapons that we have actually created well he theorizes that they're only a starting scanner company and he realizes if there was an assassin come in to sabotage them then there must be another company out there much more advanced than where they are now yeah and so finding Revik and finding out who this other company is and putting a stop to it is what what he's what he's now tasking Cameron to go to go and do, and I'm like, but Cameron's like a bum that you just brought in off the street. Gone, yeah, you're a scanner. Now go find this scanner. But is he? But is he? Well, I mean, this is a because... thriller slash mystery now, and that is unfortunately though where you you mentioned earlier about how the talky parts of a Cronenberg movie are pretty important for establishing stuff. Yeah. Now this one here is like I would say maybe more scientifically leaning than maybe his other films because we have more scientists discovering what's going on yeah. or explaining what Scanners is. But I, I honestly found Stephen Lack and Patrick McGowan and, and their scenes so still, so dry. <laughs> like Stephen like, Lack is, is... Stephen Lack is, in my opinion, one of the worst <laughs> actors in a leading role I've seen yeah. in... A long, long time. Like there is, I think is probably the reason why I never go back to Scanners. Yeah. And, it, and unfortunately, it's Stephen Lack. Yeah. He is a terrible protagonist. I don't care one iota for this character. He does nothing in the entire film that makes me care for a second about him, other than that he's a fellow human being. But there's yeah. there's nothing about his character that make me go, oh, that's why I like Cameron Vale. He's a good guy. There's there's, there's nothing. Well, this this this. And, well, this sorry, I'll just yeah, yeah. And and I also find that 
you know, granted, he is not an actor. He retired from acting soon after, and he is now a very, very successful and very prolific artist. Ah. Um, so I'm like, that was the acting was not his calling. Art, art was, and so that is great that he did find it. But yeah, it does yeah. mean that we still have to live with his performance in this film. And even <laughs> though uh, Patrick McGowan, I think, is a fantastic actor, yeah, yeah, he does his doctor job well. It's just that he's also acting against somebody who's not emoting, not yes, responding, yeah. and it's just very flat. Uh, and for me, that just it drains any pace or uh, energy or urgency for this character yeah. to actually motivate himself like why does he really need to go and get revit because he was told to yes basically because Cronenberg is writing it on the fly see what I did there the yeah uh, but I, I, I kind of understand that now I suppose and that's what makes me appreciate this because Vale yeah Stephen Lack he's so just not doing anything and the most he does is he uses his scanner ability to take other people out he's a powerful scanner we start to un uh, notice that throughout the movie and so he goes and finds out information to speak to uh some guy called pierce who's going to lead him to another person who's going to lead him to revic and so when he goes and speaks to pierce yeah the the whole this whole conversation is lacking <laughs> you know just any reason of why, you know, Vale has just taken all this on board that he's going to go and do this. Then the five people turn up with shotguns. I'm one of you. You're one of me. Yes. And Pierce is absolutely blown away and <laughs> the, the, the funny thing is is that we, we talk about Cronenberg and his body horror and how shocking his movies are but with a movie like Scanners with how bad the performances are when the talking parts and then the over the topness like I said the, for me the, the, the sound was just so loud in some sequences watching Pierce die and then watching Stephen Lack Cameron Vale do his scanning ability <laughs> and taking the people out. It was like he was doing like <laughs> 80s pop music poses yeah. with his hair flying yeah. around. Like, and it's just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was so bad. It was just, but you, you, you I get just it. hammered. Yeah, you're getting hammered. This is scanners, people. Didn't you get this when the music hit you at the beginning of the movie? Like, and of course, watching people have these brain aneurysms before they're sent flying across the room, bouncing off walls and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. I did like the set though. I liked the like the giant hedge that he gets into. I was like, oh, it's very symbolic for the scanners and everything. Yeah, and and Pierce it was an artist, which yeah, obviously yeah. Stephen Lang would become. We, we also start to reveal information that Keller, the head of security, is actually leaking information. And spoilers, he's actually leaking the information to Revic. Um, and Revic knows that Vale is looking for him, but he wants Vale to find him. So when Vale goes and sees another scanner woman called uh, Kim Obrist, and she's very attractive, but with Going up against Stephen Lack. Well, I just want to say that Jennifer O'Neill mm. is top build for this film. This is 47 minutes into the film before she arrives on screen. It's like, okay. 
Yeah, but they had to build it up. True. There's going to be this whole love relationship thing now. This sequence was well over the top. Like, you'll remember a lot of sequences in this movie. Some of them are amazing. (laughs) But this moment where you've got five or six of these people all sat in a room scanning together. They're having a group scan. Yeah. You know, they're working out about how powerful that they can be if they scan together instead of scanning individual. The people with the shotguns, were they scanners or were they just part of the army? I think it's hard. I don't think, yeah, I don't think they were scanners then, yeah. Because, like, if you're scanners, why would you use a shotgun? Right, yeah. You know, but then you get the two assassins. Like, I got a bit confused what Revik was doing. Was he taking over the mind of somebody or did he become this person? And then they walked into the building, took out their shotguns from their cases. They walk into the room and they start blasting. Well, we figure out, like, the, the scanners, they all seem to have different powers or abilities to some extent like some people can take information from your mind yeah some of them can see the future some of them can make you do things you don't want to do um and so we, we there's a few throwaway lines of dialogue that explains that some scanners are more powerful than others and some can do different things yeah yeah um like there's a scene later on where uh like a cop or a security guard has got a gun on him uh, or on her, and she turns into that security cop's mother, and oh, he's like, yeah. "Oh, mother, I'm sorry. Why, why?" Yeah, you know. So it's it's so weird. Like we don't we don't really know what all the powers are or what their limit it really is. Well, I always put it down to like, like after watching all the other psychic stuff you can watch other than scanners. You know, you like for me, Cameron Vale can do all of that. You know, with his mind, he can make people see stuff. He can set them on fire. He can make them explode. Revik is obviously the dark side of the scanning yeah. ability. Well, we get to see some more of their powers a little bit later on. But after the after most of them get killed yeah. in that their group scanning session, they escape into a, a bus. Yes, and they uh, they 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 obviously a big chase through through the streets, but they're being shot at. This was really good from Cronenberg. I didn't. Really I, see I was chase yeah. I, I thought the chase scene was really good. I thought they captured it well. It was like especially the uh, the shaky cam inside the bus. Yeah. Each of the characters panicking, shouting, wondering what's going on, still getting shot at. Getting some emotion from Stephen Lang. Just yeah, just enough in this chase, and then it, it all ends when they crash into this record store. The bus yeah. upturned, and uh, and nearly all of them are dead except for Kim and Cameron, uh, who run off. And, uh, and we, we get the sequence like back now in the, in the science HQ where uh, Braden Keller mm. is trying to shut, shut them down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the computer and, sequence. And it's the computer. I mean, again, it's another kind of dull oh sequence God. where we've got all these scientists in this really sterile, you know, really ugly looking room just giving very factual information. And uh, I mean, until, until shit blows up, but there's, you know, there's a few setups to it, but it's just this comedy line. <laughs> that, that he says like, he's like see no, no fireworks. fireworks see I told you no fireworks Oh, that was that was great. You know? I was like, that woke me up. <laughs> like we we we'd had some good sequences up to that. They they'd gotten the information about Revic's manufacturing plan, which had then linked that and Revic. Like, I didn't understand how Cameron had just turned up at the plant. He just walked in there. He must have used his scanning ability with all these scanner people yeah, around. Yeah. You know, Revit's well, he's like wearing a right disguise. There. Oh, yeah, he's wearing a disguise. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. I was like, he's fine. He's wearing a disguise. And then he gives the information to, to Dr. Roof, who then calls him and Kim in. He starts asking about whether he can scan a computer. Yes, yeah, because they've, they've realized that Keller must be in on it now. 
because he's got the information about the drug that they're using. Like, there's emphasis on the drug that um, Vale uses to kind of quell this scanning the ability. Yeah. yeah, where Revic is... Revic, you see videos of, of Michael Ironside doing, um, like doctor reports where he's drilled a hole into his head and it's his third eye right and i was just like that's really good i kind of like that everything from stephen lack is kind of yeah see that's a, it's an it's an underlying um theme in the film that uh i wish maybe had been explored more maybe maybe have helped care more for the yeah. scanners because like you said he's taking this drug to put the voices away so that he can sleep and rest because he can't turn off his scanning it's always on it's always active yeah um and so i was like that like that's a that's a problem that the character's trying to you know live with and deal with, but it's mentioned once or twice and that's dropped. It. It's just dropped because then their secret base gets attacked and and, and Vale and the girl uh, escape, and Keller ends up killing uh, Patrick McGowan's character, and that kind of made me feel sad because he he had generally emoted to Stephen Lack's character that he cared for him, and I didn't understand why until later on it's revealed. But when they hooked into the computer, Vale's got all this information. He's like, we're going to hook into the computer from this phone box. I'm like, all right, where is this going to go? Okay, what are they going to do? And he starts working through the computers. And Keller's, uh, Keller's just like, shut it down. Look, no fireworks. And fucking everything <laughs> explodes. And not just everything in the room. I mean, Keller is killed. Yeah. The two technicians, or one of them survives. He's looking around like, what Whoa. the... But then the, the phone that he's holding starts melting. melting. But there's also a they're in the gas station yeah, as well, yeah. and this guy gets the gas going. And the electrical line that they've been using sets on fire and drops down and just blows the gas. They, I'm like, whoa, Cronenberg. Like now, I mean, there are some over the top explosions, but I just did remember there's a there's a chase near the beginning of the film. Yeah, where a car like careens and crashes into a wall and explodes <laughs> like a second later I was like yeah when the Re 80s cars when Rebecca, so deadly when Rebecca escaped yeah that was just good they were just like yeah we've got our guns trained on them we're fine I'm like he's the most powerful scanner in the fucking place right. you know I, when you finally get uh, Revic and Vale together you know they've uh, they've captured Kim as well and he, Revic basically explains like look you've realized that you have no history. You have no childhood. You basically just woke up a few weeks ago. Literally on, just walked on off on the street. Walked <laughs> off on the street. And that's because you're my brother. And our dad, Patrick McGoo and Dr. Roof, used us as guinea pigs when we were in our mother's womb. Basically injected us with the very drug that suppresses your psychic ability. So Revic has been using that now to try and put it out in the general populace because you had that moment between Kim and the baby. Yes, in the waiting and room, and she gets scanned by the unborn baby. Yeah, which is what that leads Cameron to interrogate the doctor, which leads him to where he needs to go about the drug to find out this whole conspiracy that's going on about making an entire army of scanners or just turning the population. Yeah, uh, which, into scanners. Which at this point I thought was pretty cool. Maybe it's like I said my age, but I was just like I don't care about the body horror stuff anymore. I want to know about the story and the the lacking emoting ability from Stephen Lack through Vale is I'm finally getting the cool shit from Michael Ironside, but he's the bad guy, but I don't right. care because it's Michael Ironside and he's basically saying like, yeah, our dad was in on it. You killed Keller. You and I can get together and we can rule the world. And Vale's like, no, I'm not like you. You know, and he's just like, well, I don't, I don't care because I'm going to scan you anyway. 
<laughs> and take your mind. I'm go- or I'm going to bring you into me, you know. And they start having their scan off. Yeah, and uh, at least this scanner battle, I guess, has, you know, some okay prosthetics, like watching the veins moving mm. up and, and, and bubbling on the on their faces. I'm like, you can see, like, now you watch it in HD as well, you can see the prosthetic. It yeah, looks yeah, like yeah, it's been yeah. glued on. It's not seamless. Um, but at least the blood red when it starts pissing out everywhere is, is quite effective as it's drowning them in the blood. Yes. Um, but yeah, like... Their expressions are, you know, that go from intense to in agony. But we do get that iconic Scanners poster shot. Mm. Michael Michael Ironside, you know, his eyes going white, kind of standing like he's being shocked. Uh, It's pretty cool. But I do find this entire scene very anticlimactic, really. I mean, from the setting to to this final conversation, to this battle... Um, and we're, obviously we're not really sure who's winning uh, and then when Cameron sets himself on fire and he's standing there like like some kind of religious icon yeah uh, and and uh, and then we next the next time we see him he is just ash it's just, well, there's a skeletal ash on the ground yeah and uh, and then the big twist yeah Kim comes running into the room and she's just looking for Cameron and Revic turns he's got Cameron's eyes and he says hey we've won in Cameron's voice and that's the end of the movie. And Cronenberg hits you with that fucking outgoing music. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I mean, it's yeah. Like I said, uh, if if maybe if I cared one way or the other, like at this battle, I'm like, I don't care which one of you actually wins. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me. I don't. That, that's it. I wish I cared more. I felt. I I kind of felt the same because like the film is ma- massively remembered for these massively huge iconic sequences and they last for a few seconds nobody talks about the computer sequence of just exploding hey remember scanners when the guy goes hey far- no fireworks and the whole fucking room explodes no nobody talks about that they talk about the head exploding the sequence. first 5 minutes yeah you know and and that's okay but why aren't we talking about the main character of Scanners? Because he's not very there's good. There's nothing to talk about. You know, why aren't we talking about the shootout with the shotguns? Because there's not really much to go with. The The reveal of, you know, the Doctor, I, I kind of knew. Because as soon as the movie started and Patrick McGoon turned up, I'm like, he okay, he's the Doctor. He must be evil because it's a Cronenberg movie. Every Cronenberg movie has an evil Doctor or scientist or somebody who does something that they shouldn't be doing. And it fucks up shit for everybody else yeah this is your guy well speaking of fucking shit up for everybody else (laughs) this wasn't the end of the scanner storyline no scanners continued some years later with scanners 2 the new order in 1991 10 years later yeah Uh, then we had uh, scanners 3 the takeover in 1992 and i believe scanners 2 and 3 were shot back to back and Ah. then released separately no uh and then a few years later, we got a spin-off series of movies called Scanner Cop in 1994 before the final Scanners film, Scanners The Showdown, in 1995. Now, there was almost a remake of Scanners uh, by the director of Saw 2, 3, and 4. Yeah. Uh, but he asked Cronenberg for his blessing on remaking it, and Cronenberg said no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, no Scanners remake. <laughs> I was, that's it. I was thinking that. I was thinking this movie totally deserves a remake. 
um it needs to be brought up to modern generations you know i wouldn't even mind if you had like a bunch of teen kids walking around high school and they're all scanners and they make people's heads explode the heads if if we're if we're talking scanners we're talking heads exploding that's your main thing right if we're not we're talking about a secret government project where they're making babies have scanner abilities which one do you want really yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Scanners could even work as a as a TV series, as a show, you know, police procedural kind of thing. It's it, it's the as thriller, as, the mystery. As long as we got the head popping. As long as we got the head, head popping in every episode, we'll yeah. be okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ian, what were your favourite scenes in Scanners? Uh, the head popping, obviously. It's 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 such a great special effect, and I wish they had just done more. I like the final battle sequence prosthetics with Michael Ironside uh, and and veil but it's just not enough just, especially when ironside gets the the bigger camera shot you know with obviously the eyes and turning the this be setting on fire the whole religious aspect is completely lost on me the computer room and just the subsequent gas station explosion was absolutely amazing i just why aren't we talking about that more <laughs> you know the guy goes flying out through the door it's fucking amazing uh, the, the shotgun sequences are okay, but I've, a lot of my favourite sequences as well are Patrick McGowan, Dr. Ruth, kind of just doing his sciencey stuff. He's, like, if you ever watch The Prisoner, you know, it's an old British TV series, but you had to be sold on the character's performance. And so this guy makes his money through that. Like Gary says, he's going up against Vale, and it's just, it just doesn't come through from Vale. So if you can sit through that, you know. Yeah. yeah. Of course, the head explosion. <laughs> That's the only thing I ever usually remember when it's been a long time since I've seen this film. That glorious, glorious head explosion. I did like the uh, the bus escape, the the chase, and then the crash into the record store was was pretty good. I liked the uh, the the art room and, and the giant head that they step inside to have their conversation. Yeah, uh, I thought that was yeah that that worked really really well. Um, of course, uh, no fireworks. Boom. <laughs> that 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 was great. And I like the conversation with Michael Ironside at like I don't know if they're at a subway or yeah. a train station, and he just turns to him and says, "Kill him, really." The <laughs> only way Michael Ironside can deliver that kind of line. <laughs> Michael Ironside is just perfect. <laughs> I thought you didn't want to me. Really. Well, Ian, do you recommend Scanners? Yeah, I want to, but only if you're a real Cronenberg fan. I wouldn't just say just. It's for everybody because, yeah, Vale's character, actor, is just not enough to keep me invested in him. I really love Michael Ironside, so if I'd ever come back to it, it's Michael Ironside. Just his explanation. Patrick McGoon, yes. Um, you know, watch it. If you want to watch special effects, you could see them on YouTube nowadays. But if you actually want to watch them like we used to back in the olden days, you know, watch the whole entire film. Stop there. It's, yeah, and then move on to another Cronenberg. Sure. Yeah, I can only really somewhat recommend Scanners, as it is a fairly well-made horror thriller with some great effects that have been remembered to this day. But for me, this film is a slog to get through. So many dull scenes, either in cinematography or character. I found it fairly hard to root for anybody, the exception being Michael Ironside, who commanded your attention, gave a great and memorable performance, and he's immortalised in a very iconic film poster for it. 
Stephen Lack, the lead, was very wooden, really bland, and I guess with a lack of script in time to develop a character being to blame here. Still, it makes the, the slow-paced scenes feel like they are dragging on. The story also feels anticlimactic, and it's not very satisfying uh, to, to, to warrant many rewatches. The head explosions, gunshots and crashes are well done, really gives the film its Cronenberg flair with incredible body horror. This is a classic, you know, it's one for all horror fans should at least check out once in their lives. But for me, it doesn't contend with other classics when, when looking back at it. It's good, but it's not great. Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews. See, I told you, no fireworks.